Hi, everybody, and welcome to our summary and look at the questions concerning Chapter 5 in The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. This chapter is called The True Elder Brother. I'm Marvin Bland. So, Janice, let's start off in prayer, and then we're going to dive into the chapter a little bit. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight as we go through this wonderful work written by Timothy Keller. And in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. So, let me set the scene um, of this chapter, chapter 5, with a bit of a summary. And if you have the, the books with you as you're listening to us, uh, either the uh, Prodigal God book or the uh, the summaries that we have put together. I'm just going to kind of go through this a little bit. It, it talks about when both the elder and the younger brother, uh, with both the elder and the younger brother, I should say, the father takes the initiative and extends to them his love. God is not a Pharisee to the younger brother, but he's also not a Pharisee to the Pharisees. He loves the wild sinner and the religious sinner. And so the parable of the two brothers is at least three parables. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The parable of the three brothers is the last of the three parables that Jesus told on an occasion which showed something being lost and then found. In the first two, someone goes and finds the lost object, a sheep, a coin. And in the third, nobody goes back to look for the younger brother. But like Cain and Abel, the elder brother was his brother's keeper. He should have been willing to sacrifice to save his younger brother. In fact, when his younger brother is restored to the family, it means that he again is put to place to receive an inheritance when his father dies. And that means that there's a cost for the younger brother's forgiveness. And so with that, let's look at the questions that are posed by uh, by us in looking at this chapter. And the first question is this, Janice. I want to see if you can attack this for us. What do we need to escape? Uh, what will you need to do to escape the shackles of our lostness, whether it be a younger brother or an older brother? Yeah, that is, that is interesting. Um, so, 
How can our hearts be changed from fear and anger as that of the older brother to joy, love, and gratitude? How can we change our hearts? Yeah, amen, amen, amen. Um, I'll take this next question, and this is question three in our guide. According to Keller, how can you tell if God is working on your younger brother or older brother lostness? And on page 84, um, in the second paragraph here, on page 84, uh, Keller says that we will never find God unless he first seeks us. But we should remember that he can do so in so many different ways. Sometimes God jumps on us dramatically as he does with the younger son, and we have a sharp sense of his love. Sometimes he quietly and patiently argues with us even with us as we continue to turn away in the case of the younger son. Now, how can we tell if he's working on you now? And, and this is what Keller says. If you begin to sense your, your lostness and find yourself wanting to escape it, you should realize that that desire is not something you, should have, you, should have, you could have generated on your own. Such a process requires help, and if it's happening, it's a good indication that he is even now on your and at your side. Uh, for me, an example of that was when I was in corporate America, and I'm in corporate America, and I'm making good money, and I am uh, in some pretty exalted positions and I'm flying on on the corporate jet and I'm 
hobnobbing with the rich and famous and just doing all this stuff. But despite all the trappings that I was uh, gaining and receiving, I, I felt this emptiness that that's all it is. I mean, there must be something else to this. And I think that's where uh, God started working on me. And it wasn't until I happened into that Bible study, and I've told this story many times, I was at a Panera Bread in Pittsburgh. My son was doing some tutoring, and so I was waiting for him uh, by getting a little sandwich or whatever. And I saw this group of people doing Bible study. And I don't know what possessed me to walk over. I know what possessed me to walk over. It was God. I walked over, asked what they were doing. They said, we're having Bible study. Would you like to join us? I didn't even go to their church. And these were a bunch of white people. Uh, and I started studying with them. And having that Bible study, even though I was going to church, but being in that Bible study group really fulfilled me more than anything else I did in corporate America. And it was that God working on me through that, I believe, that brought me the fulfillment of my loneliness as uh, an older brother and probably the rebelliousness of being a younger brother as well. And uh, and that was God working on me. I, I know it so clearly now. Well, I, I think you, again, once again, uh, as succinctly said it better than I could, uh, that that's what Jesus does. And Jesus does not look at us as that corporate sinner or does not look at us as that murderer or does not look at us as whatever thing that we have done. Jesus sees us truly as a brother truly as someone who has value and worth. One of the interesting things I think about these three parables in Luke chapter 15 is that each of them indicates that the thing that is lost has value and worth. For example, the parable of the lost sheep. Well, in that particular parable, we know the value of a, of a, of a, of a lamb. We know the value of a sheep. Uh, in, in, in that society, sheep can provide us warmth, sheep can provide us with 
or with food. Sheep can provide us with a living. Uh, and so that's what sheep did. And then in the second parable that he tells, the parable of the lost coin, it's obvious that that lost coin has value. You can do a lot of stuff with money that you find. But in this parable, the parable of the prodigal son of the two lost brothers, the apparent value of the brother who was lost, uh, it doesn't shine through to us. We can think that, you know, this guy took the money, screwed up, and, and he deserves what he deserves. And even if we believe that the older son is, you know, the older brother is corrupt as well because what did he do? He he just wanted his daddy's money, money and he did it, uh, tried to get it through just being obedient but not really loving his father. He just did it out of moral, uh, uh, the moral expectation that if I, if I do all these things, I will get mine. So both of these people are pretty reprehensible. But what Jesus is saying is that there's value in all of us. And that is the true older brother. That is the true thing that the father does, that it does not matter. There is value and, and that value is worth redemption. And I'm here, Jesus, to give you that redemption and to give you that fulfillment that you're missing either as a younger brother or as an older brother, because I know you have value. Yeah, so what the father did was, I think there was cost on, on several levels. First, it was the cost of actually liquidating his estate 
to give the son the cash to go off because his estate, his his wealth was tied up in land. His wealth was tied up in in cattle. His wealth was tied up in sheep. So his wealth was tied up in those sorts of things. And, And this son asked for his inheritance now, which meant he had to sell something. And remember, the son was due, what, a third? So a third of his wealth he had to get rid of. So that's one thing. That's really obvious. And then the second thing is, I, I think, the cost and reputation. Because, again, this is the pot of familias. What, your son wants his money now and you're going to give it to him? And that's something he couldn't keep secret because why are you selling your land? Why are you sending your uh, cattle or your sheep or something uh, early? Why are you getting rid of this? Why are you getting rid of that? So his actions were known and and there certainly was a loss of reputation there. And then I think the third piece uh, that cost the father is the father missed the son. The father missed that son. Um, Think of it that there must have been times when the when the three of them, the father, the oldest son, and the younger son, had good times, had good times working together, had good times just being with each other. And even though maybe the relationship got a little fractured, the father still missed the son. We can see that when the father looks over the horizon and she he sees that son coming. Uh, and what does he do? He's runs to him so there is a cost and the father experienced that cost and as you were saying before one of the things that Keller is pointing out to us is that there is a cost for the atonement and the cost of that atonement is borne by the person making the atonement Yeah, that's right. And and thank you, because I didn't point that out. Uh, yes, the, the, the other cost is that now that he has the younger brother in fold, the older brother comes out of the nest. And so, right, he has to leave the feast, which, again, is probably pretty embarrassing to him, to the uh, to the, to everybody. Uh, so he does that. Uh, and then also being dressed down by his uh, youngest son, again, uh, uh, showing the disrespect uh, of, of, of that uh, young man. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, you know, there's probably a financial cost as well. So let's say if the, if the older brother says, well, you know what, I'm going to cash out. Just give me my money. Because we don't know how this parable ends, but that, is that a distinct possibility? Maybe. We don't know. So uh, there are costs of the atonement that the Father has that continues. And even though Jesus died for us on the cross and we understand or we, or we at least have some, some uh, feeling for that cost of, of him dying on the cross and, and the physical nature of all of that. I'm sure Jesus still bleeds and still aches and yearns for us as human beings as we continue to not heed what he has told us. Because there's so many ways to get the gospel now that 
lack of knowledge of the gospel is not an excuse. However, um, even though we may know about the gospel, there are those of us who don't follow the gospel. And, and that has to uh, hurt Jesus as well. Amen. 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 I think that is fantastic. So with that, I, I, I think we've covered it. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close out this chapter, uh, chapter uh, five of the true older brother. Thank you, Janice. It's a pleasure always to be with you. And so everybody, until the next time we upload, blessings, peace, and love.